You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. We have a very exciting show for you today, so we're going to jump right into our rapid fire. We're going to start off with the NFL. This week, um, Jason Wright was hired as the first NFL team president, black male. I'm very excited about that for the Washington football team. Um, I don't know why they name themselves the Washington football team. It is so awkward. But anyway, um, he was hired for that team. And I'm pretty pumped up about this for a couple of reasons. A, we have been speaking about in this podcast, you know, in episodes past, how we need Black leadership in the NFL. And so this is a great step in the right direction. And I'm happy that it is with the Washington football team, because as we discussed in previous episodes, there's a need for a serious culture change within that organization. You have an organization that had a a racist name for years and years and years, and it only changed this year, given our current climate. And while I'm always happy for change, I don't see why it took an organization that long to realize how offensive the name was. Then we mentioned that about a dozen employees um, filed suit alleging instances of sexual harassment that permeated the whole structure of this organization. And so I'm very excited about the prospect of not only a talented black and qualified male getting this position, but the culture shift Um, that he says he is going to bring to the organization. Before we hear um, opinions from the guys, I just wanted to stop and, you know, send up prayers to Ron Rivera. Um, This week, we also learned that he is battling with cancer. Um, Ron Rivera is a class act. He was the former coach of the Carolina Panthers. And um, I always respected him as a coach and as a person. And so um, I really do wish him the best. We all wish him the best. And um, please keep him in your thoughts and prayers. How do you guys feel about the Jason Wright hire? Man, listen, I I watched, I I saw one of his quotes and and it kind of helped me out because uh, a part of it, what he said was the fact that I have been, that I happen to be black and most qualified person for this is a boost. So it's not like I, like I kind of thought it was like, just gave him a bone. He actually, you know, he doesn't believe it's like a handout. He believes that he was the most qualified for it. So I, I can respect and appreciate uh, Washington doing that. But my, my problem with it is it's embarrassing that he is the first black president of an NFL franchise. That's embarrassing. You know, everything that the athletes, the black athletes have put in for this sport and to have a first in the year 2020, disrespectful to me. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. I mean, the first in the whole NFL is like kind of kind of shocking. Uh, and I'll be interested to see, you know, I wish they played up his qualifications as much as they played up how black he was, as opposed to it being the first black. 
Um, but because you know, it's interesting. People, when I say people, I'm not talking about black people. I'm talking about uh, other people. Oftentimes, try to question um, minorities' qualifications at the job. And so, like when Barack became president after Bush, everyone blamed Barack for the down economy, as if Bush didn't wreck the economy. And so we have to realize we're dealing with a wrecked organization. So I hope that they give him grace to undo all the damage that's been done by former presidents and don't, and don't criticize him uh, for, you know, the issues he has to work out with uh, the Washington uh, team and roster and franchise. Uh, hopefully he is going to clean up the mess in Washington uh, there's so much mesh in Washington, if we're being honest. So I'm going to leave it just a mesh in Washington generally. But, um, I mean, whether it be the the issues with the females, whether it be the, the lack of ability to develop quarterbacks, the lack of ability to be stable, um, I hope he's able to clean it up. But I hope he's only able to do it well enough because uh, I don't want him to overtake my Eagles in the division. True, true. I hope they do take over <laughs> the Eagles. <laughs> but in reality, for a, a system that's over or close to or over 100 years, to only have less than 20% of senior administrations, positions available to people of color is a disgrace that it took this long for it to happen. That cesspool of Washington, there's one, one ray of light, and this is it. That they recognize that it's time to give people an opportunity that looks different from the owners. So I wish the best for him. And, and it seems the same thing it may occur. He's going to clean it up, and they're going to mock Jackson him out of there, and then they'll bring somebody else in. I hope that will happen to him. I hope wow. he gets the opportunity to, to fully uh, rectify the ship and have a good few good season, good drafts, and, and, and really get the organization where it needs to go and gets and obtain and receive the proper credit for that not run him out of there after he done the legwork to get the organization where it needs to be as long as they're number two or win a wild card you know and the giants is successful i have no qualms about it but he don't really had nothing to do with um you know with, with the on-field play i think his role is just strictly everything outside of off the field i think rivera has you know, he has the reins with, you know, everything that has to do with drafting and mm -hmm. personnel and all that. So I think he's off the hook with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Kelvin, I just wanted to kind of highlight something that you brought up, which I think is important. This isn't just, um, you know, a black face like, hey, we found a black guy that can come. This is someone that was qualified. And I respect Wright because he actually left the NFL in 2010. Um, he only played for six seasons on a variety of teams, but he went to pursue his MBA. And so this is someone who was always motivated business-wise to be like, you know what, I'm going to forego my next contract and I'm going to pursue um, higher education. So he seems like he has his shoulders screwed right on. Um, he's coming in. He has like bright line goals, things he wants to accomplish for Washington. And um, I think you need a visionary to be able to turn that culture around. Because as we spoke about um, a few episodes ago, the culture there is repugnant. It is disgusting. And so I'm really looking forward, really excited to see what he does. And I'm rooting for him. 
I'm rooting for him all the way. Yeah, me too, off the field, definitely. Yep, absolutely. Likewise. Um, let us go on to the bubble. I get so excited every week when I say bubble because it is the juiciest, most exciting thing in sports that's happening right now. Um, so as you're aware, the first full week of first round play um, has come to a close. Today starts a new week. And there's been a lot of excitement around these playoffs, um, mainly around Dame and, and you know, who's going to come out on top and what those predictions look like. Um, so I wanted to talk about like a couple of things within that realm. And the first thing I want to discuss, um, I want to throw this out for the guys, is do you think Dame's time is up? You say time is up, do you mean like, for the Blazers or like, oh, with this series? I mean, aren't they intertwined? Like if, <laughs> if, if Tom is up for the series. Uh, I, w- I would like to say the, the 12 midnight is about to hit and that a carriage about to turn to a pumpkin and he's about to go home because the Lakers are woke up and they are mad and they're focused. So Cinderella, it's midnight, and nobody's going to pick up your glass sip, slipper, but LeBron and AD's going to cast in the ocean. It's a wrap. More so LeBron than um, AD. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, honestly, I never thought this was about Dame, to be honest. I think Dame was going to do what Dame does, but just going off this track record with his team when he was putting up these crazy numbers against these bad teams, he had to get 61 points. 70, you know, whatever number he was getting, he was getting crazy numbers on bad teams and they barely were squeaking by. I thought this series was only just about uh, L.A. to begin and end with. Uh, Are you going to have those guys coming at the level they need to come at? Mm -hmm. You know, LeBron, are you going to stop chilling? Are you going to play hard? A.D., are you going to look like a superstar? Are you going to look like the guy, the tissue paper guy people start claiming you are? So, you know, Dame is, to answer the question, I believe Dane was going home. I hadn't gone home in five games anyway, but I never thought this series was really about him more so than LeBron and AD. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they might be able to steal one more game. Um, they can probably steal one more game, uh, depending on how well he's able to continue to bounce back from that dislocated finger. Um, but, you know, AC playing the number one seed, playing uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis – with a team that plays zero defense, it's not really a, a series, you know. But, you know, it's, it's good to see him put up points and see him uh, hit shots from all over the court. And, and you want to know what's funny because, I mean, I had the Lakers winning in four. Okay. So this was never a conversation for me about Dane pulling off the upset. But we're all on social media. Yeah. There, were a sec- there was a segment of the population that said, watch this, watch the Blazers pull off the upset of the century. And so that's why I was like, well, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm missing a perspective that's realistic. This was never realistic for me. Um, Them upsetting the Lakers, like on what planet? Most of the people who are saying that are are LeBron haters or Laker haters who just don't want them to win. You know, sometimes people say emotional things that are completely irrational. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I don't think it's as, as irrational as we, we were saying right now. Like, I, I think it's definitely possible if these guys don't show up. You know, like, every time AD is, <laughs> is wet in the bed, Portland is about to win the game. And LeBron, like I talked about before the series started, I said, LeBron, he can't be passive. LeBron coming out, trying to get everybody involved, like Danny, uh, Danny Green and Pope. You got to be aggressive. So, Brian said, okay, I'm going to start putting 30s on these dudes. I'm going to start getting 15 boards. And now the series is different. But it's all it's all dependent upon, to, in my opinion, how AD and LeBron shows up. If they if they start chilling, the series can be easily, easily go to seven. I don't think it's too far-fetched. Yeah. But one thing I realized, too, when Charles said, I guarantee, <laughs> I knew it was over. <laughs> why, why you open your mouth? Man? Just stop, the Barkley stop curse. The Barkley yeah. curse. Yeah. Charles, like, you know, and, and I was having this discussion with a couple of my friends this week, and I told you guys this. I think he is usually drunk before he broadcasts. <laughs> His predictions are so ridiculous to me. Like, Portland won game one, and they played a good game, but the Lakers played horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, you, you can't realistically think that in four games, five games, six games, the Lakers are going to play that bad consistently. And so I, I don't even know where he comes up with this stuff. I mean, he had a whole broom on set, sweeping <laughs> TNT's set, at the end of the game, and I'm like, this guy is <laughs> Premature predictions. Charles the guy you hate when he's arguing on your side, like, oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, Dane, you know, pack your bags. You're going fishing. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Um, bye, um, Carmelo. I'll miss you. I'll 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 agree to that. Um, talking about Carmelo, now that you mentioned it, look, that dude, he was pretty cold in the first half yesterday, but he came out in the third quarter hot, hot. And you know, that's the problem with Carmelo because when he gets hot, like, I mean, there's not much you can do, but he's so inconsistent. Like I wish that happened at a level of consistency. Um, I think that would really help the Blazers to you know, only lose by a few points or maybe push the series six games. But, um, you know, shout out to Carmelo when everyone gave up on him. He's still showing us glimpses that he has the ability to play. I would love to see this series in, with uh, Prime Melo. With the, oh, he, oh, I would love to see that series like that. Prime Melo no. and Prime Dame, I think, could actually pull an upset. They, this would be, I think this would be a first a first and fourth seed type type situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely would be absolutely. Running. And 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 if you guys remember mashups, I know we have people that are obsessed with LeBron, but Carmelo was known for putting the beats on LeBron. Just talking about matchups, you know what I'm saying? LeBron couldn't hold him. Yeah. And so if we're talking about a prime mellow, this this is different. Yeah. This is very different. All right, let's go on to the Sixers. Oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. So um, let the record reflect, because I definitely wrote down everyone's predictions last week. And so I'm going to call Evan to the carpet and um, have him explain to me and our listeners why he thought the Lakers 
were going to potentially win in seven games when they can't win one game. Well, I think if you watch the series, right, if you watch the series, the series has been close. With the session game, too, every game has been relatively close that could go either way. I think ultimately the ball just hasn't bounced in their favor. They lost the first game that was close, and they got it, got, got away from it at the end. Game two, they got blown out. Game three, they lost. The game was tied with less than two minutes ago, and they kind of lost control of the game. Uh, game four is currently close. So I don't think it was a bad prediction. I think it's just the reality of the ball hasn't bounced in their favor. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, Kelvin, I know this is also your team. You know, any other insight? Yes, this is this is beautiful for me. <laughs> Brett Brown will be out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you guys, as soon as Ben Simmons went down, my hopes went down for the team. Um, so, you know, Evan is more optimistic than me, you know, as a fan, and I respect it. I love that about him. But I felt there was no way we was beating him. Um, coaching wasn't going to get us over the hump, and that's what you was going to be required for this team to win. And they are, you know, they're, they're, they're a better team than us right now. They got more all-stars. They got more scoring power. Um, got a better coach right now. Culture is better for them. And one of our prime players, you know, let me get my excuse out. One of my prime players, he got hurt. So that's my excuse right there. If he didn't get hurt. My series would have been a little bit different. I still had the Sixers winning. I think I had them winning two games. I don't think that's going to happen. So, you know, it is what it is, man. But we still better than Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think, I think too, like, at the end of the day, um, this roster just wasn't built well, right? It, it, there's just some things that didn't make sense in, in the long run that, and some of the decisions that they made. Um. And I think the biggest thing, right, if you look at this this roster, they they chose to pick – they bet on the wrong guy. Tobias Harris is a nice, good mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. He's not a max contract player. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, if you have his rights, I would allow him to see what he can get in the open market and then give a counteroffer. Um, but, but Elton Brand, he just gave him a max without even thinking. Um, you know, you say, they said, you know, Jimmy was getting older. They want to pay him. They turn around and play Al Horford, who is about as old as Moses. <laughs> Not um, only is he that old, this dude is as snow, as slow as Snorlax. Yeah. Did, um, what was that show with Pikachu? Um, Pokemon. 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 <laughs> Snorlax was the big, slow, snoring um bear looking type thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i'll tell you one thing he, that he, is what he i have killed in sweden huh they one thing he killed it in sweden <laughs> <laughs> fundamental well let me get in here <laughs> let me get in here let me finish playing my violin i do not own the rights to that <laughs> like i said first round exit don't kill the messenger, all right? We all knew that Ben Simmons was not taking the three. We all knew that. Simmons in this. Wait, wait. How's Ben Simmons in this? He didn't, he Easy. Didn't play, 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 if play Ben Simmons games. was taking three-point shots, he wouldn't have got hurt. Stop it, Phil. I knew Mitchell Robinson wasn't playing. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's the difference? <laughs> right? So Charles we know. Parker over here. Right? This is all 
Ben Simmons' fault. He should have been taking a three-point. And plus, on top of that, you know what would happen if he played? We would have had two big men down the middle. Then Embiid would have got bold and start taking three-point shots throughout the game. Either way, y'all would have went home. Later, earlier, whatever. I hope Brett Brown, and leave Brett Brown alone. He's doing the best that he can with the circumstance he is he's been served. All right? He's gone, man. He, didn't hand gone. Out, he did not hand out no contracts. They he's gave gone. him what he had, and he accepted he's doing the best of Brett. These Philadelphia, you know how Philadelphia fans, they turn against you. I stand by you. You was there through the beginning of the process. You should be there towards the end of the process, all right? And it's get worse and get worse and get worse because I just want somebody to laugh at. You see, it's nothing wrong y'all going to a playoff. And what, by the end of what? By Tuesday, Wednesday, you'll be right next to the Knicks sitting down watching the game. You'll be right in the castle with us. So go ahead, enjoy your first-round exit. You got to go to Disney World with the family. Well, you, yourself. You got to walk around, catch fish, eat all you want. But time to go back home. First round exit. Thank you, Philadelphia. Thank you, Brett Brown. Congratulations. <laughs> Look, I can't. I mean, I can't even. I mean, it. It is. It is what it is. Y'all. Y'all are uh, definitely going home. Um, since we're on the topic of Philly, though, oh my gosh, this broke my little heart. And I know all of you guys heard this. So after the Celtics beat the Sixers and went up 3-0, Joel Embiid was on these internet streets saying, <laughs> I don't want to get swept. My heart broke in two because I know if they lose today, he is going to go in that locker room and cry and cry and cry like he did last year. And, and I hope there's someone there to pick him up and encourage him. And hopefully he'll have a shoulder to lean on. So um, prayers, prayers for um, Joel. Prayers for Joel. Hey, Dion, and I think I know who's going to support him and tap on his shoulder. He's going to run to Jimmy Butler's room. <laughs> and, and confess and cry to Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler's gonna pat him on the back. Dead, dead, Joel. It's gonna be okay. That's <laughs> the only person he respects and care about. Listen, if you don't, if you don't want to cry, big fella, win the game. I'm not trying to hear nothing else. Like, if you don't want to cry, you want them tears to come out, you don't want the jokes and the memes, win the game. That's it. If you that, if you that boy. But I ain't worried about it because next year we're gonna have somebody else in the fold that's yeah. gonna get the best out of him. So you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree. There, there's no way that Brett Brown stays um, after this. Like, there's and I think, I think, I think you're gonna see um, a almost completely different roster. I mean, I think you're gonna see a major trade made, not with one of the big two, but with either Tobias or Horford. I think one of them are going is gonna get moved. Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, though, I want I want a new front office. I, I want them to clean house on front office. They did a horrendous job. These last two years, they did a horrendous job. They, they all need to go. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Rest in peace, um, Philadelphia 76ers. Let's move on and talk about Paul George. Um, Playoff P! Playoff P! Now, you know, I'm sure our listeners have been following the games. Um, this guy has now been termed Pandemic Pete. <laughs> and um, it's not because he's wrecking havoc with all the points he's scoring. It is because he is building um, the wall, pretty much. 
Um, so I started calling him Wall George, uh, <laughs> all the bricks he's been putting up. Yeah. Is Paul going to get out of this funk? Or are we seeing a reoccurring cycle of what Paul George does, Wall George does in the playoffs? Well, I believe this. See, unlike he was, unlike when he was in OKC or in Indiana, he actually has a great supporting staff. So, like the other two games in one, somebody else will pick up the pieces, and he could easily he could disappear in this series, and they'd still be fine because they have other elements, a great bench, and everyone to pick up. So he has something to hide behind. So he has enough time to you know ice his shoulder all of a sudden. He, you know, that press conference, I think it was after game one or game two, he had ice on his shoulder, trying to tell us secretly, oh, my shoulder's hurting me. <laughs> oh, but, you know, I'm out here in these streets doing what I need to do. He reminded me of the, uh, a kid I grew up called Big Head Liar. He'll make every excuse or everything. Hey, Nintendo 5 is coming out. Yeah, 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 I played it. Dude, Nintendo, there's nothing else. But he'll make every excuse for his situation. So he, he, he lucked out. He don't have to score another five, no more than five points, and the rest of the team will pick him up and, and guide him. So he lucked out on this on the team he's on. So I don't I know. I agree with you, Philip, but let's clarify for our listeners. Paul George is a part of the supporting cast. He does not have <laughs> a supporting cast. So let's just set the record straight. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Paul George – once again, as we go back to, he's not an alpha, he's a beta. So, I mean, right, he is a supporting cast kind of player. But at the same time, I mean, we can't just talk about playoff P and not talk about what AD is doing as well, right? AD is good. I mean, AD and Paul, Paul, uh, Paul George may be going to the same psychologist after this, after this playoffs. <laughs> the same one Ben saw. <laughs> Won't make a difference. <laughs> well, you said AD? Yeah. But AD really picked it up yesterday in the second half. Like, he came out a lot more aggressive. My problem with AD, and I agree with you, though, he's so inconsistent. Like, he is talented. He has everything to be this super dominant, talented player. And he just don't do it. He's soft. And I hate it. And Kelvin talks about it all the time. Like, get it together. Yeah. See, I need a whole segment on AD. So I'm going to go back to Paul. I'm, <laughs> curious. I'm curious on where this name came about. You know, his his best playoff years is with Indiana. He was averaging 23 points a game. Um, and they, you know, played about 19 games throughout that playoff span. But he hasn't had this, like, great playoff career that we should be calling the playoff P. I'm just saying, like, are we just giving names out nowadays? Because – when I heard him just call playoff P, I, I had to look at his resume, and I'm like, this is an average resume. So we're, at what point of his life did he get called playoff P? He's a good player, um, but he's scared of the moment. He's scared, he's scared to become an alpha. He had a great opportunity to join somebody like the Sixers, you know, to, to become an alpha and, and take, over the, take over the reins of the team. But he decided to be, you know, sidekick P. So, I mean, I like him more as a sidekick P than playoff P to begin with. Um, he's putting up good sidekick numbers. He got C averaging 17 points, seven rebounds, and about four assists. So, you know, I just I just think we were tripping from calling playoff P. I never called him anyway. I'm trying to figure out who literally I never 
ever in any playoff season called him that. Right. So, We're I, think, I think he's been downgraded from PG-13 to PG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I, I'm saying, like, like, let's be for real. He's It's 2-1 in the series. It's not like they're losing the series. So, right. like, I'm trying to figure out why he's getting all this smoke. He's He deserves smoke when they – uh when Doncic was killing them, but you know, they won the game. I didn't see the game, but they, they won the last game. So, yeah. You know, well, I, I, honestly, I think it's whenever someone gives themselves a nickname, whenever yeah. someone talks too much, you're going to get, oh, he, gave his, he gave himself the nickname. Well, he came from him. I mean, who else thought it's oh, like Joel Embiid oh, calls oh, up the process. He had to. The oh, reason, okay. the reason why people make fun of Joel Embiid is because Joel Embiid talks so much. If he didn't talk so much, people would be like, whatever. But he, he, he invites his own problems. Yeah. That's what I'm saying with, with playoff P. Stop calling me, man. Please, please, let's stop right. calling me. Like, I, I, refuse, <laughs> I refuse to call him that because I'm like, you have done nothing to deserve a tag name in the playoffs. Okay, Wall George? And, and just to add, that's weak when you give your own name, your own tag. That's weak. Well, a lot of, honestly, since Kobe did it, everyone has felt the license. Now, Kobe's Kobe. I was about to say, his resume. I mean, Kobe stamped already, so Kobe called yeah. himself the Black Mama after championship after championship. Yeah, he called himself whatever he want. But playoff P, nine years in the league, nine playoffs, and it's like you barely got the first round, bro. Like I'm not calling like, playoff. Calm down. Seriously, seriously. But it, it it goes back to Evan's point when players put themselves on a certain level because you remember people didn't like LeBron since his career began but people hated him when he got on God's TV talking about he was the best player in the planet I think it was after not one not two not three when you do something like that you, you give yourself a target yeah at this point LeBron can call himself what he want to we gotta be fair no, uh, I'm saying I'm saying not one, man. not two. He cannot call himself the goat. He can be yeah. out here not calling the himself the best player on the planet. He called himself the best player on the planet when, in my opinion, um, well, I think KD b- became, in my opinion, the best player in the league. Maybe a year or two after that, but. The dude couldn't even hold KD. Like, how are you the best player? Here's my problem, and I'm going off on a tangent. Here's my problem with LeBron. He is super talented. I think he's one of the greatest. Like, it's, it's, it's not an issue about his talent or nothing. That's not my issue. How are you placing yourself as the best player when defensively you have been absent your whole career? Nobody cannot pull up. Pull up when LeBron was considered a premier defender in the league. You won't find it. So my thing is, to be the best player, you need to be the best all around. Like, your game, everything about you has to be favorable. Okay? You you can't go around talking about you're the best player when you had two opportunities to guard the best player in my opinion and what did you do have have your bum players switch off to guard kd because you didn't want to do it because you want to know why you are not the best player on the planet baby period because if michael jordan was playing or if kobe was playing against kd guess who would have been on kd's behind 
MJ or Kobe, not falling back like LeBron, you know, relying on Rodney Hood to save him in the finals. Okay? Dion, this is this is really unfair treatment for you and LeBron right now. I can't let you kill this man like that. He's been on all this defensive team five times in his career. Five times in his career. So for us to say he don't play defense is absurd. It's crazy. The man can play some defense. Has he dropped off? Yes. But when has KD ever been known for playing defense? I, I never heard anybody say KD was a defense. Um, defensive game has improved significantly, and he is a better defender, and no one would argue this than LeBron. So you're telling me five years... This is, all this is, this is Kendrick Perkins' status right now. This is Kendrick Perkins' status, but go ahead. Deion, see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to... I'm going to throw you a lifeline right now to take that back, because anybody that watched their careers is going to easily say LeBron James is a better defender than Kevin Durant. Easy. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant will put forty on, on on MJ's head. He's seven. He's like seven feet tall. I mean, MJ's six six. What KD and 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 y'all know I love I love KD, and I don't think there's anything. Um, I think KD is perfect offensively. Yeah, I'll give he you is that. Perfect offensively. I don't think there's any limitations in his offensive game. But you think he's dropping forty? On MJ? Yes. No way. Yeah, what era? Hand checking? No hand check? Take the legend status off MJ. Okay, take that off. You said what? Take what off? Take legend status off MJ. Forget your childhood. All that ah. stuff. I'm not saying he's not a legend. I'm saying just take yeah. that off your eyes for a moment, okay? <laughs> Look at this just from simple 611, 66. That doesn't mean nothing. I was going to say. It means a lot. No, I'm just saying, Evan, you act like it's not, it's not like. You're telling me you don't think Katie could put 40 on, on MJ if you played him one time. What I'm saying is, yeah, I, I can't say that. What I'm saying is, it's a lot of elite defenders that 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", that has success on people that's bigger than them. Um, for, for, just look at that series now. You got Marcus Smart guarding center sometimes just because they're not as effective on them. So it's not like just because of your size, that means all of a sudden that they're going to score 40 points on you just because he's 6'11", you 6'6". I don't believe that. I do not believe that. I agree. But this is Kevin Durant. We're not talking about just a guy that's 6'11". We're talking about Kevin Durant. I mean, he's a, he's a, We're he's talking a, about Michael Jordan. We're talking about defensive yeah. player of the year, Michael Jordan, right? Great <laughs> defender. Great defender. I'm saying he... Jordan is let's not. Let's think about this. Let's think about this. Johnny Willis, when that interview, remember that interview? He talked about how Magic Johnson was giving MJ fits in that finals, that first finals. Magic Johnson six nine. You mean not even was a great score? Oh, okay. You mean Baby Jordan when 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 Jordan first came to the league? Mm -hmm. is, is that who you're talking about? That wasn't he first? He came to. He was in the league for like eight years. <laughs> Listen, listen, listen. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna curse Jordan name right now just for the sake of Kevin Durant. It's not happening. <laughs> no, I agree. Let's go somewhere else. I, I agree. I think. I think Jordan would have held his own. Remember, Jordan beat legends. You got bunch of one, legends. There's a difference between beating him. Difference between beating and putting forty. What are you talking I, about? One on one, or are you talking about this is uh, Chicago Bulls versus in a, Golden in State Warriors game. in any given game? Nah. Let me just. Okay, I, I kind of shifted this conversation, listeners. <laughs> I apologize. I kind of went 
on this thing. But back to my original point, just to close this. This up, is going to Facebook. You can't, <laughs> you can't call yourself the greatest player in the world when you have Michael Jeffrey Jordan, who won the scoring title, defensive player of the year. Like, oh, come on, man. Like, he was no. just talking about LeBron was just talking about at the time when he said. No. I think people understood it to mean ever, yeah. like on this planet currently. He was bugging if he said that, but if he was yeah. just talking about current, I can give him that. Okay, cool. All right, let's transition. So we know Dame um, in the bubble picked up the new title of Logo Lillard. And we all know he attained that because he's basically shooting from Epcot Center at this point. Um, (laughs) We want to talk a little bit about who are you taking in a competition, right, to shoot 130 foot or more three-pointers. Are you taking Dame to to take you to the promised land? Or are you taking Steph? to take you to the promised land. Who is more prolific from 30 feet or deeper? I'm gonna say Chef, Steph. This dude, prior to any game, he steps in the hallway and take a shot from the hallway, the entrance. This dude perfected that shot. It was Steph who had everyone on shook from the half court line and beyond. And he shot a game winner against uh, the Thunder a couple years ago with less than seven seconds, which everyone on the planet would have said, don't do that, come in. No, it was against the Knicks. He just stepped, he just literally crossed the half-court line and shot the ball to win the game. And Steph has been perfecting this for a while. While Steph is not here, we looked for the second. So to me, number one, Chef Steph is the ultimate 40-foot shooter and beyond. In the NBA, hands down. Okay. <clears throat> what's 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 Lillard's nickname? Logo Lillard. <laughs> I mean, hot. I mean, Steph has done it. Um, I think, I think, I think that um, then does it maybe a little more comfortably on a regular basis. I mean, he he's shooting from that like that in, in any given game at any given kind. So. Uh, I mean, Steph's, I think Steph's the greatest shooter of all time, but I think from that location on the court, Dame Lillard. And what, I, and what I'm going to say is the problem is we can be prisoners of the moment. That's, that's what it is. We're prisoners of the moment. Thank you. Because we see, we see my man Dame out here shooting like this. But James shoots the ball effortlessly, I will admit, like Evan. But Steph shoots it effortlessly. You know, he has his own name. You know, what Steph does is on another level with three-point shooting. I watched some of his highlights, man. The guy is just automatic. We're talking about Dame shooting the ball, too. I I, I got to give a little resume. So Dame is shooting this thing 35%, something like that. Steph is shooting this thing 43 45%, man, and shooting more three-pointers than Dame. And he's not shooting that thing hugging the line. So if I had a competition, any three-point competition – I mean, Steph has proven he's shooting that thing off the dribble, off the catch and shoot, however you want it and how deep you want it. So I'm not never going to go against my man Steph in the three-point competition. Okay, 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 okay. So 
here's where I stand. And the lawyer part of me was like, I can't really make a valid assessment unless I look at some numbers, right? And, and we're talking about a very particular subset from at least 30 feet away from the basket or more. So in Dame's career, he attempted 327 shots from at least 30 feet away. He made 108 of those for a percentage of 33.7%, um, which from that range, that's, you know, I mean, it sounds bad, but it's not that bad. Um, however, this season, his percentage went up to 41% from 30 feet or more. That is just like absolute bananas and craziness. Curry attempted 332 of those shots in his career and made 85 of them for an accuracy rate of 25.6%. Okay, so when you look at the numbers, numbers lie. <laughs> just, just, just the straight up numbers. It's like, I mean, my inclination was just to go with Steph for the reasons that Kelvin pointed out. It's like, I mean, come on, like we have seen what he has done all over the court. But when you look at the numbers, I'm a, you know, if I needed one person to shoot this from 30 plus feet and I'm going on percentages, I'm going with Dane. But Dion, right. this is the thing about it. Like, a lot of them shots you, that you're not factoring in is the ones you catch <clears throat> when it's three seconds left on the clock, inbounding from the opposite uh, uh, court, and he's just throwing it up to shoot the ball. It's not like they're actually shooting the shots. A lot of times, Steph is doing a last-second heave, full-court heave. So they're going to factor that into a 30-foot or, or, or more percentage. So I'm not counting those shots. I count really. I want to see the shots that were realistically taken as mm -hmm. set shots, not the throw-up Jones from half court or from mm -hmm. full court or three-quarter court, because that's going to count in the percentage too. And I think that's going to be that's when the numbers lie. And also, remember, Seth was hurt this year. He didn't play, and his team was bad, so it was no incentive for him to really play. So well, Steph Curry, well, Steph mean, Curry is Steph Benjamin Simmons from 30 feet and below, beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Steph not playing this year, I don't think that moves the needle in the argument because we're talking about percentages. We're talking about percentages based on what a person made based on attempts. So it's not like we're saying, oh, whoever shot 35% that made 500 attempts is better. We're just talking about raw percentages. You know what I mean? And so I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I'm going with the eye test, and I have seen Steph done it for winning championship, winning playoff games, going to the finals. So Dave I, did it for a series ending shot. What are you talking about? It's not and, oh, and oh, no oh, ring. Oh, and no oh, ring. Those numbers can get those numbers can get really skewed. How many wait, wait? So how many of those shots did Steph take to win a finals game? Because you're talking about he did it to win championship like don't be coming out here throwing out random stats well you're talking to phil i didn't say that <laughs> we're, talking, we're, talking, we're talking to playoff field right now guys playoff, <laughs> playoff p is out <laughs> all right all right okay okay ladies so 
You've been hearing my voice. We've been doing rapid fires. And I feel like this is a really good opportunity because I know you feel like you know me um, to give you some tips and pointers. So as you know, the playoffs just started um, last week. We're talking about the NBA playoffs. And quickly approaching is the NFL season. And ladies, I really want you guys to win, right? I want you guys to be great in these streets. I want your relationships to work and I want them to flourish. And the only way your relationships can do that is if you follow these guidelines um, during these sports seasons, okay? First of all, do not ask your significant other questions during the game. I'm gonna repeat this. Do not ask your significant other questions during the game. Unless you are dying, or if one of the kids are dying, you have no reason to be bothering your significant other while he's watching the game. And I'll even go as far as to say, if you're dying, it'll be better for you to talk to 911 than to talk to your spouse. So absolutely do not speak to your significant other during the games. Point number two, if you see your significant other is frustrated or annoyed by what's going on in the game, do not root for the other team. You have to support your significant other. If he or she is frustrated, support him, support them right? You rooting for the other team is not going to go well because while the game is temporary, you have to live with this person. And then when he don't want to watch your shows, when he don't want to watch the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and, and, and he don't want to be engaged in what you're engaged in, you can think back to the moment when you were rooting for the Eagles, when you should have been rooting for the Giants. So do not root against your significant other's team. Third point, do not ask for long-winded explanations during a game. Now, it's great, and I encourage you, watch these games with your guys, if you can. Even if you can only watch a quarter or two, watch it with him. But don't ask him what a blitz is when the game starts. Don't ask him to explain the fundamentals of traveling in basketball during the game. What you should do, I have a little notepad. Get yourself a little notepad and, and put it next to you while you watch the game. Take the opportunity to write the questions down and then at the end of the game. And when I say at the end, don't even ask him about it during halftime. Let him focus on the game. Ask him at the end of the game. And if all else fail, if you don't know what to do, hit me up on Facebook. I will gladly answer your questions. I will gladly tell you what to say. I will tell you who to root for. I will even tell you how to talk trash if that's something you would like to do. But do not, I repeat, do not interrupt these guys during this critical time in 2020 with the NBA playoffs and the NFL season. So let us move on. We're gonna go on to our segment, which is called, He Fumbled the Bag. 
So this is going to be, I had to sigh before I got into this one. This one is going to be a little interesting this week. So in the NBA, we go to the city of Charlotte, the Hornets. Um, they suspended their broadcaster, John Falk, after he used the N-word in a tweet. Um, and in Major League Baseball, they suspended Dom Brennanman from broadcasting because he used um, an anti-gay slur. Now, the John Falk, um, the tweet that he put out, he was basically doing commentary on the Jazz and the Nuggets game. And in his sentence, instead of putting like Jazz versus Nuggets, it was like Jazz versus, you know, N-word. Um, and then he obviously came out like apologizing, like it was a, you know, it was a mistake. Like I'm horrified that this happened. You know, I, I would not use, you know, this language personally, like it's a mistake. Here's my take on that mistake, right? Because I type a lot for my job just generally, right? And um, if my computer is inserting words into what I'm typing, it's usually because I'm using the same word consistently, right? Like, like they're not just gonna randomly put a random N-word in there. So what I am led to believe that this wasn't your first time, buddy. This is probably your first time you mistakenly didn't edit out the word out of your tweet but you can't tell me, I have never mistakenly typed that word in anything I have done in my life. And I post and I write a lot. So my take on it is I smell doo-doo. <laughs> I, I don't believe him. He's obviously sorry that it got out there, but I, I don't think, yeah, I'm, I'm not sympathetic at all. And I'm right, and I'm right behind you, Dion. I'm totally. I'm, I I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt at first, um, although you make extremely valid points. Um, what really messed me up was his apology. You know, one is one of his things. If I can find his apology, part of it said, "I'm truly sorry that this happened, and I apologize to those I offended." I'm like, "What? Like, what do you mean to those I offended? It's offensive. Period. Like, don't talk, don't don't say to those who I." Who I offended? Like you? Do you see what you wrote, man? Mm -hmm. So when he did that, man, I was like, "Yo, this dude doesn't get it. He deserves whatever punishment he's going to get because he clearly doesn't get what he said and how you know the ramifications behind what he said." Yep, I'm yeah. with you. I mean, my thing is, I I just we understand this culture. You always got to write an apology if you meant it or didn't mean it. You know, you're trying to save your career. But I mean, we all know, like, you don't accidentally say that word. Don't, don't say it autocorrected. I didn't, it, that's the type of language I use. Mm -hmm. It's like when someone posts something and says, someone hacked my account. Like, God, we know. <laughs> it's a lot. I'd rather that one. <laughs> yeah. So just, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're drunk enough or dumb enough to actually type it out, just own it. it no, and, and Evan, I, look. I, I don't get it how you are in the 
public limelight. If you're a broadcaster for any sport, you're a public figure, period. So even if you typed out the tweet, you're not reading what you're putting out into the universe. Like you are so numb to the information you're putting that you're just clicking send by accident. Come on, man. Come on, man, for real. You know, it's funny. At first, and my sentiments was similar to yours, Dion. I was like thinking, I was thinking maybe he, you know, yeah, I've seen some of the texts where I, I just voiced a talk and, and it, it jumbled up stuff. And I remember one time I sent a message to uh, Calvin and he was like, huh? And I was like, oh, I got to stop using that voice to text thing and, you know, and the error. But you're right. This, you're, you're, you, the most words, you, it will autocorrect to the word you use the most. For instance, every time I put happy birthday, I'm telling myself, I usually say happy birthday and God bless. If you're female, sweetheart. If not, God bless you. And all I have to do is just press. <laughs> it knows me so much. It, it comes on. Once I put happy birthday, that's my whole tagline is there. So, yeah, he has to, you know, as we are held to higher standards, he's held to higher, even higher standard. And he needs to um, uphold <laughs> the, the, to that standard. So um, if he sincerely apologized, suspend him, lose his job, that's a big thing. But if we hold to that standard, he's, he's held to that standard too. So dude got to fess up, man. I agree. No sympathy from the crew for Mr. John Falk. Let's go to the Major League, um, Major League Baseball, and um, Brennan Man um, basically used an anti-gay slur. Just to give our listeners some context, it was not during a broadcast. I think what was happening is that it was on the air, but he may have been having a conversation in the background. And um, I think he said that it was like a city of, fags or country fags, something along those lines. And so um, he probably wasn't even aware that, you know, that he was being broadcasted when he said it. But he said it nonetheless. We heard, the the world heard it, and he was also suspended um, as a result of it. Um, What do you guys think about this? Because while it is in the same tone of being offensive, does it make a difference to you that this was kind of in his personal time and it happened to be broadcasted as opposed to him just putting it out there um, on the air? I'm going to say that, one, when you offend anyone or be derogatory any group or race and so forth, you have to own up to the consequences. Unlike, you see, the other guy, his name is Jim, his first name, right? It, you could, you could kind of see how he might have made an error so forth, but he, this is his, his, his conscious talk and how he felt about something. And I actually heard the tape of his, his apologies. <laughs> and literally when it happened, he apologized and he said, and he was taken off the air right after that. So literally, it, it reminded me of you getting in trouble and you know, with your sibling and your parents, and you, you know, you said something to your sibling, your parent finds, see you or hear you saying it, and and you're apologizing not because you uh, did offensive or did something wrong, but you apologize because you got caught. 
And that's why I get the tank from him, the broadcaster. He got caught. You know, his, his conscience was talking how he felt about the situation. And he's like, oops, I got caught. So just punishment. And that's a situation where I wouldn't be feel bad if he loses his job. Because his conscience or how he felt about something came out. No matter what, you're being derogatory, hurtful to any group of people, which is not right. The thing is, no one said you have to agree with the lifestyle. Like, you know, we're not saying because you have this perspective about homosexuality or whatever the case may be, you should lose your job. It, it is the fact that you use a derogatory term, um, you didn't know you were on air, you know, so... Um, he just needs to just, just own it. Just own it. Just say, you know, I said things I shouldn't have said. said I'm, I'm embarrassed. Hopefully, you know, it gets another opportunity. But, you know, in cancel culture, you might, you might not. But I'm sure he's had a long, successful career. Like, you know. And here's the thing. Like, a lot of these, a lot of these wealthy white people who get in trouble, right, they get, like, these, they have a nice ride over to the sunset. It's not like they're, like, actually screwed. Right. They get a nice severance package. They go somewhere else. They work another field. It's over. So, yeah, uh, yeah it is what it is. Definitely. But uh, I, if I had to pick one person to fumble the bag more, <sighs> has to be this guy. Has to be has to be Burnerman. Has to be Burnerman. I agree. I agree. Had to be I mean, on air. Like I don't know. <laughs> on air. <laughs> yeah. Wah, wah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I agree with everybody. What everybody said. I just think it's a it's a it's a typical public face versus private face. And you, your private face came out in your public uh in your public uh, job. So. You know, people, America got to realize, if anything, you know, this is who we are. <laughs> so yeah. we can, we can, we got to stop laying like, you know, these crazy, these crazy punishments for these people because probably everybody in that organization, you know, any, it could have been any of them that got caught saying some stuff like, like that. And, and it's offensive. Um, yes. It was derogatory. Yes. But they, everybody's talking like that. Um so I, I guess I'm not trying to give him a, a pass, but that's the culture that we live in. So the, for us to be kind of shocked, anybody that's shocked by it, to me, is ridiculous. Uh, to me, it's just, it's just something he just got his private conversation and how he feel privately, you know, just got quote public. So it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and you know, ain't, ain't it a shame when your, your private face gets exposed publicly and you didn't even mean for that to happen? Yeah. So sad. Here's the most savage thing about this whole crap, right? Now, the most savage thing about everything going on is Donald Trump has done and said way worse things. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. And he's sitting comfortably yeah. at White House. Comfortably. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And not, and not even apologize. He'd be like, yeah, I mean, it happens, you know. The man said he doesn't apologize. Yeah. It's not what I do. <laughs> All right. Um, Let's transition um, into our next topic. And we have all heard, heard the term, and when I say we, um, you know, Black people, especially in this climate with the killing of George Floyd and others, um, you know, being Black in America, you know, fill in the blank, right? And being Black in America is a very hard and it's a tough experience. 
Um, and apparently that experience transcends just being black in America, being a citizen. Um, it goes to being black while visiting America. Um, if you remember last year, the Toronto Raptors secured their first NBA title um, over the Warriors um, in game six. And the president of the Raptors, um, Masai Ujiri, um, he was actually assaulted by a thug. And no, I'm not talking about any of the rappers that was at the game that night. I'm talking about law enforcement. Um, he was assaulted by law enforcement. Um, however, this officer decided to file suit against him, alleging um, a bunch of lies, but he alleged that he was assaulted. He alleged that he has suffered physical, um, emotional, psychological, nervous pain and suffering at the hands of um, President Masai. He also filed a workers' compensation claim alleging that the president circumvented the security checkpoint and tried to storm the court. Let me just pause here. When your team wins in any professional sporting event, um, you as the president, you are allowed to do whatever you want, period. End of story. Like it's, it's, so that's not even up for discussion. Um, in his complaint, he said that he suffered injury to his body his health, his strength, his activity, and his person. Um, little did he realize is that he will also suffer injuries to his wallet um, once it came out that these were false allegations. And so, um, and basically what happened is he filed suit, Masai um, filed a countersuit with body camera from the night of the incident showing not only did Masai not assault him, but it showed that the officer pushed him twice. And when Masai was trying to give him his credentials to show like, hey, I'm the president of the Raptors, um, he pushed him again. And at that point, Masai pushed the officer back. I mean, come on, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so that's the background of the situation and i just wanted to get the guy's thoughts about you know what it means to attaining a level of success where you own a team and it still makes no difference to law enforcement in america <clears throat> well first thing i thought that came to my mind was just shout out to the nba just shout out to the nba because you know we just talked earlier how <laughs> nfl got their first black president in 2020 and this is something that the nba been on top of for a long time so just that's, that's a sidebar i i, I can appreciate that yep. but as far as um you know you it, athletes say it all the time it don't matter how much money i make what's my prestige you know um who i date or where i live mm -hmm. at the end of the day i'm still black in america mm -hmm. and this is and this is uh you know it just points to 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 what we already know this man is celebrating with his team a championship and the guy don't even know who he is don't he had a decency to know who the people in the organization that you work for it's crazy to me you know if, if i was in an organization i'm sure everybody knows the sixers owners the gm you know the president you know that's certain things you you should just know um and the fact that he didn't even know that just was kind of baffling to me and, he, and when the guy found out who he was 
you know, now he's still trying to make excuses for his actions. So, you know, it, it just stinks all the way around. But it's, it's typical. I'm sorry. It's typical. And on top of all this, right, I mean, I think it highlights uh, a, a real great issue, as Dion highlighted, where it doesn't matter how much success you have. The man is walking in a suit. He clearly has some kind of, you look at the body cam, you look at the incident, he clearly has some kind of lapel, to, and he's going to pull, it's not like he's being arrogant and trying to push him aside. He's trying to pull out his credentials. And he's pushing him back and not giving him an opportunity to come. Um, and so it's kind of like, man, like, I can understand this is a, a fan dressed in street clothes, running, running to get, the man is walking. What guy do you know who's walking, trying to sneak past you? It, it doesn't even make sense. It, it was it was it was nonsense. And, and honestly, I would say I don't believe he didn't know who he was. I think he fully was aware of who he was. So, and, and every black man, and 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 I, I'm sure uh, black women know what it feels like to be dressed appropriately, to be going minding your business, doing what. You're you're supposed to be doing um, and being harassed by police, being um, questioned by by uh, a concerned citizen, and being treated as if you don't belong in this environment. And it goes back to this concept in, in, in white America's mind that black bodies don't belong in these elite spaces. Absolutely. And Evan, you bringing that up, actually put up a post on Facebook three years ago, I would never forget. I moved from Greenville to Charlotte and um, I was working as a public defender at the time. And I remember this one day in particular, um, I asked um, the, the deputy to open the back so I can go and speak with my client. And the deputy looked me in my face. Mind you, I have had multiple trials, like, People don't look like me in person. You're not going to confuse me for somebody else. Let's just put it that way. And he was like, oh, but you're an intern. Interns aren't allowed to go back there. And, and I said, sir, I, I am not an intern. Um, I am an attorney. And he was like, well, I need to speak to your supervisor. I'm like, speak to my supervisor for what? And, and, and he's like, you know, I, are you sure you're not an intern? And I was so offended and so disgusted that you can see me, as Evan said, dressed in a full suit with court files, in court, talking to judges, you know, talking to the DA, doing everything an attorney would do in the courtroom. And you minimize me to being an intern. And the only thing that made sense to me was that I was the only black woman in the courtroom. It's crazy. And it's sad because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, what do I need to do? And people will always make an excuse. What he needs to do to, 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 to be a pro, uh, allowed to get onto that floor. It's funny. Um, Winhurst, um, Wendy Winhurst, he said that same game that night for ESPN, he had no credentials or nothing, and he just walked on the court and nobody told him anything, told him anything. And 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 for years, we we are uh, we as black people has always said these injustices occur to us, 
has occurred to us. No, it's, you know, we must have done something wrong. And I'll, I'll challenge anyone, tell me what more he should have done or could have done to avoid that situation. And the only thing he could come up with, change his skin color. Because other than that, he was a perfect gentleman. He walked up, he, 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 he didn't say anything. He was, put, like, like you said, Evan, he was getting ready to present his past. And as you said, the honest story, he got pushed, he got, and it, to me, the opposite mind was, what is this black man trying to come on in this moment? He has no right. I don't care what he's done or so forth, because he was a black man trying to come and celebrate this moment. And, and, that's, and that's the story we all, we all have, and we've told for years, this happens to us all the time, unjustly. You want to know what's crazy about it, too, is if you look at at Maasai, he don't even look like a regular dude. This dude is sharp. This dude looks like an executive, like at every game, like he is down to the T on point. So it's like, even if you don't know his title, you can look at him and see that, okay, he, he gotta be a part of some operations, whether it's with GSW, whether it's with, you know what I mean? Like this guy looks so distinguished. Um, he's well-spoken, articulate, like I, it, it pisses me off that this still happens, that you have black professionals that still have to go through this mess in 2019, 2020 and beyond. Yeah. And, and the thing about this is, if you really think about this, this is not a new occurrence that happens in championships, right? Mm -hmm. Michael Bennett they tried to press charge against Michael Bennett for assaulting an officer when the officer was getting in the way of him get in, in football clothes, going to where he needs to go. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And, and then the officer trying to frame the argument in the complaint, oh, um, he tried to circumvent security and storm the court. A basketball president cannot storm the court. That is not language you use for the athletes or any of the executive team of a professional sports team. Like he's still using terms, even after he found out that it was the president, he's still using terms as if this guy was some random fan off of the street. Like, come on, man. Ridiculous. Definitely ridiculous. It's crazy to me. And I'm I'm so I'm just so disgusted by it. But I'm really glad that him and his legal team, they are fighting back and they are fighting back hard. They're gonna win this case. I mean they For sure. He because he's not paying for this. He's not paying for these legal fees. This is no way. No way. Organization no way. tag. And that other guy don't had a he don't had a pockets to stand with Toronto Raptors. Yep. And yep. and the sad part about um, you know, the law has a really nice thing when you bring frivolous lawsuits before the court, um, attorney's fees and damages can be assessed against the party that brought it. So this cop um, is looking to lose a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of money as a result. And you know what? I don't care. <laughs> Got lay in that bed. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Um, please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. 
our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time. Thank you.